on maynard.com.au. AU! Okay, Kiss Army, put on your makeup as Gene Simmons wraps his tongue around Maynard and the Triple J microphone for the latest episode of The Kiss Story. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my great pleasure to have on the line right now, Gene Simmons. Good morning, Gene. Good morning, how are you? Oh, I'm feeling pretty groovy. How are you today? Wonderful. Now, we're talking to you from Fortress Studios in LA. That was where the Hot in the Shade album was recorded. What are you doing there now? Uh, doing a little bit of extra work, uh, some new stuff. Really can't talk about it right now. Ah, sort of secret hush-hush work. Yes. It's been described as the, the seedy area of Los Angeles, the Fortress Studios. It's a bit of a naughty area. What's, uh, what's different about the area where the Fortress Studios are? It's pretty much inhabited by winos. You know what a wino is? All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, drug addicts, unfortunately. It's just not a very good area. On the other hand, uh, it sort of evens out the sunshine and granola element here in California. Do you prefer to work in places that are a bit sleazy? Yes, I think it helps uh, get the feeling down. It's probably a good reason why the Beach Boys don't come from New York City. Mm. They'd be killed, you know, the first day. So, I mean, I think where you come from has a lot to do with how the music comes out. Would you like to see the Beach Boys killed? I mean, what's your favorite? Oh, certainly not. I mean, I'm just not the point. No, the point is not that. The point is where you come from and how you grow up has a lot to do. I mean, your environment has a lot to do with what kind of music you wind up doing. Mm, well and truly. Look, you've got 15 songs on the new album. Now, how come there's 15 songs on the one album? Why didn't you, like, leave a few off and make it a bit easy for you next time? We just re-signed with Polygram, Phonogram in some countries, for another, what amounts to another 10 years. That's an awful long time to sign for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think either they're nuts or we're nuts. Somebody's nuts for doing it that way. But we figured that, that our 23rd album coming after a, a greatest hits album, Smashes, Thrashes and Hits, we give the fans something special just to let them know that we're not sitting on our hands. How many copies did Smashes, Thrashes and Hits sell worldwide? It was pretty big. I have no idea worldwide. In America, it did a million two hundred thousand. And all-up album sales of Kiss Records all up are well over 60 million. That's a lot of records, Gene. Yeah, it's amazing. Do you ever think about that whenever you're making a new one, thinking, God... No, I could care less. I mean, if we really wanted to play the game, I guess we'd start putting out rap albums because they're popular now. Hi, this is Gene Simmons of Kiss talking to Maynard right here on Triple J. Okay, Gene, let's talk about Rock and Roll All Night. How far song does this go back for you? Rock and Roll All Night was written in 1975. Would it be your favourite Kiss song of all time or not? That's a tough... That's a tough one to say. You're talking uh, 23 albums of material, uh, you know, over 16 years, so it's really tough to say. My favorite song may be Deuce, which came off of the first album. Uh, it was the first song on the first side. And I guess the only reason it's my favorite song is we used to open and close the shows with that song. We only had 30 minutes of music, and we kept getting encores, but we didn't have any more songs to play, so we kept playing Deuce over and over again as an encore.
spend the bulk of your money on? Are you the kind of guy who likes like fritting away your money? You do like investing your money? What, what do you do with the money? Um, I only really eat one meal at a time. And uh, you really can't do anything crazy. Uh, you know, I, I own one car. I don't have like a fleet of cars or anything. I suppose I could do it if I wanted to, but... What kind of car do you own, if you don't mind us asking? Like, is it like a VW or a Cadillac kind of guy? A Rolls. A Rolls? Like, uh, do you drive it real fast? No, I drive it very slowly. And I, I thought you might be sort of a motorbike kind of person too. Nah. Nah? That's for guys that have something to prove to anybody else. I got nothing to prove to anybody. I drive that car slowly. I take in the scenery like it's all mine. The other guys rev up their motors. They can't go more than 30 miles an hour in the city anyway. They go straight in the back of another car. I mean, but, but that's low-class stuff as, as far as I'm concerned. To have a fast car in a city is to look like a knucklehead. Because you can't drive it fast. You can only go up to the next red light. I'm looking through the KISS history here, and I notice in 1976, KISS won an award for a Volkswagen that they entered in the uh, New York Coliseum Auto Show. Do you know anything about that at all? It was a fan. We really had nothing to do with it. A fan painted his uh, Volkswagen. He must have been out of his mind, but he did what he did, and then he won the prize. He put, uh, of all things, my face on the front of the thing, and then the rest of the car was sort of a little kiss this and a little kiss that. Your tongue is your trademark. Would you still call it such or not? Well, I never had a thing about it. Other people seem to have a either a problem or... Uh, they get pleasure out of it. I don't know. All I remember is uh, when I was born, the doctor pulled me out by the wrong appendage, and uh, the rest is history, I guess. You had no surgery done to it, have you? No, there was never surgery done to it. Exactly how long is it, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, it's pretty long. I've never actually measured it. I mean, can you touch your Adam's apple with it? I can touch your Adam's apple with it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty big. That's pretty from, big. From here. <laughs> Sounded out loud, really started off pretty much in the living room. Uh, it's got a very unusual finish on it. Yeah, we couldn't figure out how quiet it happened, but it was one of those spontaneous combustion songs. It just happened, and very quickly.
you still need the KISS army or not? The uh, army exists totally by itself. Uh, again, as much as we'd like to say we're, you know, we have something to do with it, we really don't. The fans run their own fan magazines. Uh, in fact, there are a couple of Australian fan magazines. There's one called KISS This that's published in Australia, and there are KISS conventions all over the world, but they're really run by the fans. We have nothing to do with it, except, you know, we get them and we write letters back like every other fan. Towards the end of the 70s, there was talk of uh, KISS doing a kids' cartoon series. Did that ever happen? They talk about it every year. <laughs> well, why every year? Is it something that comes around regularly? They keep wanting to do it, and we keep saying no, at least right, not right now. It's just too much, you know? With the movie, the, the Attack of the Phantoms, is that something you're glad you did? I, I, I sure don't make believe it's like a Shakespearean play. Was it more the Kiss version of You Can't Stop the Music? I, gee, I hope not. I hope it was a little bit more entertaining than that. If anything, it may have been a uh, television version of, a, of the comic book that we made. Um, we didn't know that the film company was planning to release it as a film outside of America. Uh, it was just seen on American television during Halloween in the 70s, 77, I think, or 78. I do remember going to Australia and going to the drive-in right outside of Sydney and seeing it. And was it enjoyable to see at the drive-in? Well, I was too busy doing something else at the time, but yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah, look, I must ask, are you guys going to put the makeup on again? I heard you're going to get back into the makeup again. Is that true? We did it for one video. The end of one video sort of does a back to the future. We go back in time. That's the storyline. But the two new members of the group, they want this Bruce Culloch base his makeup on. You just see the back of his head. And also Eric Carr. Eric Carr was just seen from the back of his head because the premise of it was that we were in the 70s, so Eric and Bruce didn't exist then. Look, why wouldn't you go back to the makeup generally? Is it something you want to get away from? No, I'm real proud of it, but that was then and this is now. For us to, to put it back on would be sort of to go through the motions. I think you have to do, you know, everything in its own time. But no soon put on your, your, your little knickers as a three-year-old boy when you're a man. Well, like, I could put them on my head. You could put them on your head. Uh, what do you call those schoolboy outfits oh. that you wear in Australia? Uh, just school uniforms, really. Yeah, school uniform. I mean, when you grow up, you don't wear that thing. Well, some people like you to put the school uniforms on sometimes. That is true. That some is... people do like it, and maybe Angus has a real good time doing it, and that's fine. But me to put it back on would be, in essence, saying, I don't know what else to do. And uh, actually, the biggest compliment a fan can give me is somebody who doesn't know anything about the history, doesn't know anything about the makeup, and would hypothetically come up and say, hey, I love your new record, and what's the name of your band? Oh, yeah, Kiss. Yeah, I like your new record, and it's the only one I've got. The truth is, every band, no matter who it is, can never, ever compete with the beginning of the band. I mean, for me, the beginning of The Who was The Who, and the beginning of The Stones, that was The Stones. And then later on, it just was never the same. But that doesn't mean a band can't do important work afterwards. But the truth is, you'll never, ever, any band, be able to compete with your past. With the song I Was Made For Loving You, you're obviously trying to... Were you trying to be a bit disco at the time? People accused you of selling out, and that obviously wasn't true. Well, I don't... I think uh, anybody who picks up a guitar and plays a guitar, in some ways, is selling out, because every other band in the world has got a guitar. So if you play drums and guitar and sing, you're selling out. I Was Made For Loving You started off as a very innocent collaboration between Paul Stanley and Desmond Child, who at that time didn't mean anything anywhere. And then from then on, with, with the making of that hit, all of a sudden Desmond Child was born, and then every person in the world 
wanted to work with this guy. And that was around about the time you toured Australia too. Was that song the, the theme song for Australia? I don't know. It's a good question. Don't know the answer. you've done like when you started out 100 people and have you ever been booed oh sure when we first started out in new york uh, they were expecting us to do you know the local hits whatever was going on at the time and we refused to play the hits we just wanted to play our own material and you know the drunken guys at the bar would uh, if they didn't hear credence clearwater revival or somebody like that they would be very upset but we didn't care we knew what we were doing was right 
Well, you actually quoted in 1976 as saying that you'd rather listen to the criticism of a fan than that of a critic. Do you think most critics are up themselves? I think it's just a warped point of view, because if you get a free ticket to a concert and you're always treated like royalty, it gives critics a false sense of importance. Critics are really no better than people, and ultimately people decide, just like in, ele in democratic elections, who's going to be it and who's not. It's not like plays or movies where certain people can vote what gets the Academy Award and what doesn't. Nobody ever asked me what should get the Academy Award. No, they never actually any, uh, they never asked you either. No, no, they didn't actually. But every time somebody buys a ticket or a uh, an album, they are in essence voting for what they like. What's the biggest live show you've ever done? Is it in Japan? No, the biggest one was in Rio, in Brazil. Um, it was for the largest. It was in a place called Baracana, which is the largest stadium in the world. We were the only act on the bill. It wasn't like a festival, there were 200,000 people there. Do you think Kiss is ever going to experiment in like wildly different areas? Like you're going to try some rap or move into some dance music? You put your toe in the water with the Dynasty album bit with some dance music there. You want Putting to toes in water is always fun. On the new album we've got a track called Read My Body where Paul kind of, you know, gets a little bit of rap going on. But in back of it there's a ton of guitars, you know, bulldozers of guitars. So, I mean, we'll put our, we'll put our toes in water and do the, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's going to be a little shandy here and a little shandy there, but... By and large, Kiss's guitars. Let's have a listen to Read My Body of Hot and Shave from Kiss. Let's have a listen to a bit of rap going on in the background and bulldozers of guitars. And here's uh, Paul, Mr. Paul Stanley telling us all about his body. Mr. Stanley, read your body. Thank you very much, Gene Simmons, for talking to us this morning on Triple J. Thanks very much. I'll see you soon. of The Kiss Story with Maynard F. Sharp Crabs and Gene Simmons. 
you're going to have to bite your tongues till they come to Australia and kiss army. On maynard.com.au. Hey, you! Yeah.